Dress Velez. You guys, I I did a little a little call out in the um in the Facebook group and on Instagram. I said, hey, ask me anything. Anything whatsoever. Because you listen to me every week. You hear me talking about ghosts, but you're I think sometimes people are like, who is this person though? So I said, you know, you can ask me questions, whether it's ghost related or not, I'm here to answer your questions. And I got a lot. I got a lot of questions. And so I'll just do a couple of them right now. And then how about next week? I'll do some more because this week in particular, we have on Alessandra Torresani, and she brought the goods, and it's a full episode, so I'll just take a couple of moments right now to answer some questions. Um, here's one that I get asked constantly. Um, somebody said, will we ever see you on either currently televised drag competitions? Uh, no, you will not see me. I'm very grateful uh, that they exist, and I love what they have done for the visibility of drag. Uh, I just don't... I, I When I was younger, yes, I, I was... I, I thought that was something I would want to do, but now I'm kind of... I don't really identify with that uh, mentality of, of competing with each other and all of the requirements. I'm just sort of, you know, I'm good just telling my jokes. And I think I'm just sort of a comedian that wears wigs and makeup. And sure, you know, I'm I'm definitely a drag queen. I've definitely earned my stripes as a drag queen. I've, I've paid the dues. I've done the gigs. But um, the competition reality idea of what a drag queen is, which is different from being a drag queen, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Uh, those, are, those are two different things. I think people see on TV, oh, you're, all drag queens are supposed to sew their own clothes and they're supposed to know how to do the splits and they're supposed to dance. And it's like, that's not, that's, that's a specific thing and it's not what I do. So, um, no, I'm, I'm not going to do one of those, but thanks for asking. Okay, let's fire off a couple. Will you do your live show in Australia? I would love to. Um, yeah, hopefully one of these days. That'd be really fun. What's the most unsettling place you've ever been? Um, Santa Monica Boulevard at 2.05 a.m. any uh, morning of the week. Uh, let's see. Am I coming to San Francisco for a live show? Yes, hopefully very soon. Um, dream guest. Let's see. Well, definitely Elvira, but we got that one out of the way really quickly. And so I have a lot of dream guests that I want to get on here. I feel like we should have Zach Baggins on here at some point just because he's kind of like the ghost guy. I don't know if he would do it. I don't know what that would be like, but um, I feel like maybe that's kind of a dream guest. I also would love to have Margaret Cho on here. She's also a celebrity celebrity ghost story alumni. Karen Kilgariff, uh, I would love to get in here. Uh, I've never asked her. Maybe I should. 
Is there another podcast that I'd consider doing a crossover episode with? Wow, there's so many that I love. Uh, there's the Chatty Broads podcast. I love those ladies so much. And we've had Jess on here. I want Becca on here. And I've actually, I just recorded, well, it's out today. I did an episode with them, which was so fun. Go listen to that in their feed. And yeah, we're talking about doing a little bit more. So I don't want to say too much yet, but stay tuned. I think you'll see the three of us doing something really cool really soon. What was the first concert I ever attended? It was Rod Stewart with my parents and... We had pretty close up seats and he started staring at our section and I didn't know what to do. So I lifted up my shirt and I flashed him and I think I was 10. Will Elena come back to the podcast? I hear so much about Elena. She is, gosh, I love her to death. And it's crazy the impact that she's had on this podcast. People love to message me about her. And I'm so happy that so many of you have reached out to her if you don't know who I'm talking about, uh, she was the psychic that we had a couple of months ago. Uh, psychic, medium, I mean, really, she does all of those things. And I've had follow-up uh, conversations with her, and pretty much everything that she has told me is spot on. Everything that she has told me is going to happen pretty much has happened. I, I also get asked this question a lot about just a follow-up of the things that she's she kind of predicted for me. And the one thing that I have not encountered yet, which I'm very grateful for, is she told me that I was going to see some sparkly red shoes that I absolutely have to have. And she also told me that they were going to be $400. And I'm very grateful I have not encountered those yet because that is ridiculous. I don't spend... I'm, my name is Roz Drezveles. It is not Roz Fancy Shoes. So I'm very grateful I have not encountered those. I have encountered... Uh, let's see here. The tall, the tall guy. I get asked every day. Uh, almost have I encountered the tall guy with the high cheekbones? I have. Uh, we went on a couple of dates, and now we are uh, not dating, but it was a great experience, and I'm sure I learned something from it, and it was a wonderful time. So, still single. <laughs> that question hasn't come up yet, but yes, I am single, and I am uh, looking to date. I. I'm so grateful that we had Alessandra Torsani in the studio today. She was on the TV show Caprica on the Sci-Fi Network. And she is super talented and she's really great for podcasting. And I, and I love that she now has a show coming to Starburns Audio called Emotional Support, which we'll talk about. And I kind of opened up a little bit about myself in this interview as well. I'll tell you that... It's about as perfect as an episode can get. She brought some Hollywood ghost goss, and it's two stories that she brought to... I can't even... Just listen to it, okay? You're going to enjoy this. It's the perfect thing for Halloween. So, happy Halloween! Here she is, Alessandra Torresani. Oh my gosh, we are already just, you know, having a great time. Hello, Alessandra. How are you? Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. It was so random how you just like, you happened to be here. Um, and I was like, oh my God, hey, we started talking. And then it turns out you got ghost stories. And I'm a friend of the pod. <laughs> and you're, yeah, and you know Willem and Alaska and my friends. And so you're you're just making the rounds in the drag queen podcast <laughs> just world. One, just one of the girls. <laughs> just one of the girls. <laughs> 
So, um, what is going on? How's your life going? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm very excited. I'm now part of the Starburns family. Wait, say what now? Yes, emotional support. It's part of the emotion the, the emotional. It's part of the Starburns family. So. No way. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I so love that it was here. actually I was meeting with everybody. Um, when I saw you. No way. Yeah. Okay, I did not know this part. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm very excited. I love being here at Starburns Audio, and we're in great company. There are so many amazing shows here for people to check out. Um, you uh, you have this show, Emotional Support, mm-hmm. which, w- tell me about it. Um, well, I'm bipolar, and I openly talk about it. Good. So I thought, why not? I don't know. You guys swear on this show, right? Kind of. No, we're of. not allowed to. Never. We don't use that Never. dirty fucking language. Um, so basically, my show is Howard Stern with a little bit of Kelly Ripa, with a little bit of Andy Cohen, and it's all about mental health. Interesting. Okay. So it's a dirty way to talk about mental health. Great. Um, but really, it's more of just like an interview show, and you don't have to specifically have an issue, but all of us deal with emotional support with friends and family and even strangers and just how to deal with it. So I interview all of my friends. We'll have to have you on. Please. Um, oh, I've had some, yeah, some ups to, and downs. I got some stuff to talk about. <laughs> so we talk about mental health and try mm-hmm. to destigmatize everything. That's great. Yeah, I love fun. that. I think it's so, you know, I talk about, um, actually, you know, I haven't really talked about it on this podcast, but I am a sober person and I talk about that a lot. And I've learned. We have a lot of sober on our show. Yeah. I've learned that talking about it, it, it actually, it does destigmatize it and it shows people, you know, that, oh, I, I relate to that person mm-hmm. and look at how, you know, I think that they're cool or I think they're interesting or whatever. And they also have had these problems that I've had or someone I know has had. And I, and I think seeing that example and seeing people openly talk about it, it really, you know, it makes it makes it feel okay for people and like they're not alone. You know, I think that's so important. Absolutely. And it normalizes the whole situation. And I try to make it super funny and light because I think it's amazing that if you're crazy, it's kind of like a superpower, as Kanye West said, and in a different way. But, you know, just that it's it's fun. It's like, why not have fun with this? It's so special. Like, I want people to feel special about themselves and not that they have something wrong with them. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because it's how I felt my whole life that there was something wrong. And then I was like, fuck it. You know, this is me. Like, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm trying to make light of the situation. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it, the funny thing is it the same whole that that whole idea kind of relates to what this show is for a lot of people, too, right. I think, is that w- many people have had these experiences, sometimes like very young in life or whenever. And it makes you feel Oh my God, I'm crazy. Yes. There's no way that this is real. I'm seeing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And... And then they hear people that they've seen on TV or people that they just think are fun or funny or they've never even heard of. Who cares? Right. Just hearing other people talking about these things, it it makes it, you know, it gives it, it's it's comfort. It's finding people, your family, finding people that relate to you. It's I mean, it's wonderful. I love that. Well, and I was listening to your podcast this weekend and I, of course, listened to so many. So I can't remember which one it was. But someone said there was someone at the end of the bed. Oh, my nightmare. Who, well, who it was, was, it was that? me that that. and my theme song. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. But someone was talking about it, too. There was a guest that was talking about it. It might have been Selene Luna. I know she had a lady hovering over her bed. And it was like at the end of the bed. And like it happened when they were or maybe it was maybe it was Sam's like 
brother or sister someone saw. I don't know. Anyways, uh, that had, happened to me. That's you one had of my somebody stories. at the foot of your yes. bed. Yes. My nightmare. My nightmare. Was it a sleep paralysis kind of a thing, or what well, do you think? Well, I was living, I grew up on Laurel Canyon in Moholland. You grew up there? Mm-hmm. No way. Uh, well, I'm originally from the Bay Area, but I moved here when I was nine. So, I mean, wow. I'm basically there. Um, so, Moholland is, like, known for crazy shit to happen all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. And we lived in this house. It was incredible. It was three stories, and I had the whole second floor to myself. It was, like, living the dream. Whoa. I had a jacuzzi on my floor. It was, like, where all the kids came over to party. My mom was like the cool hip mom that provided the alcohol Got as it. long as you spent the night. Sure. You know? You're so, allowed so, to drink, just no one can try. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm a hip mom. I'm a cool mom. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I was asleep, and I felt this presence, and I woke up, and at the end of the bed, there was a man who, it was a shadow of a man. He was probably six foot seven. And he had a brimmed, large, sorry, I'm bumming this, a large brimmed hat on and a okay. trench coat. Oh. And he looked down and he went to, when I woke up, he went to crawl on the bag and I kicked. And I didn't have a, what is it called? A floorboard? Not a floorboard. Uh, yeah, like a on a footboard? bed. Like, yeah, I didn't have a footboard. There was know. nothing there. It was just like the mattress and that's it. Yeah. But I kicked up high and I started screaming and no one was in the house. Like, no one in the house heard me. I literally had to call my mother up on the other floor. And it's not because the house was massive. It was because everything was silenced. And I almost felt like I couldn't be heard when I was speaking and screaming. And we had this famous psychic come in because, oh, sorry. Wait, I have questions before we move forward. So many questions. The next morning, I woke up with a bruise on the bottom of my heel that was so swollen. I went to the doctor and they thought I almost broke it. They go, what did you kick? I go, I didn't kick anything but the air. And they're like, that's impossible. Did you tell them like the No, story? I was too yeah. I was too weirded out by yeah, it. Yeah, no, I get it. I was like emotionally like just so disturbed by it because yeah. I couldn't believe that that happened. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wait, so when you kicked, did it go through him? It disappeared. Oh, he Once just... I kicked, it hit and it disappeared. Well, that might leave a bruise. I mean, you, yeah. you ghost kicker. Yeah. yeah, it's a big boy. Wait, so he was just standing. So you yeah. wake up, he's just standing there staring at mm-hmm. you, and then and then he's just like, I'm going to get on. Yeah, and then, and he then just went to crawl. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> okay, mm-hmm. so what did you find out? Who is this? Okay, so I had this famous psychic named Kenny Kingston, who I love to talk about. He passed away. His best friend was Marilyn Monroe. Whoa. Yes. If you look him up, he's no longer with us, but he was this incredible. He kind of reminded me of, and I'm blanking his name, um, the guy who's on Will and Grace who plays the Southern, and I follow him. What is oh, his name? Leslie, uh, Leslie Jordan. Jordan. Kind of reminds me of that, but not a Aww. Southern, but that attitude and that energy. And he's this. he was this extremely famous psychic. And he lived out in the way, and we were trying to sell the house, and the house wouldn't sell. Things were being stolen. There, it was. It was bananas. The um, garage door would constantly open and close. The fire uh, department came one time to see what was going on because alarms were going off. They go, nothing set it off. There's no reason why any of this is happening. So he came and he did like a whole blessing on the house. And the energy that he felt was. I mean, however long ago, I don't know, dates, I'm like silly, like not 18, maybe 1800s or something. It was like native land and that some awful man had come and taken over from this native land 
whatever that means. And that's who was mad and was in the bedroom with me and that he was preventing it from being sold because in his mind it was his place. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like this asshole landlord, basically. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as he cleansed the house, the house went in escrow the next day. Yeah. Wow. To Hayden Christensen, no less. <laughs> Hayden Christensen. So he doesn't have to yeah. do So, yeah, luckily there's no creepy man in a trench coat. Yeah. That is so spooky. It was just kind of uncomfortable and gross because I was probably 15. But then there's another weird thing about this that they say I watch this whole I watch everything ghost stories. It's all oh, I'm cool. obsessed with. So I watch this whole thing where they say if you see someone at the end of the bed, that it's really your subconscious that's saying that something bad is happening. And like right after that, my parents got divorced. Oh. So I don't know if it was like an energy thing too, even though I kind of got the confirmation that I needed from from the psychic. But they say that sometimes your your subconscious manifests this like dark, like large energy that comes to spook you at night. Oh wow, I've never even heard that. But not usually a man who's like in a trench coat. Yeah. But, you, but it's like a large, large spirit. Uh, I don't like the trench coat. That the trench element coat spooks was real me. Gross. Like nothing good happens in a trench coat. Nothing like maybe a Muppet human being, like a, a or mu- a flasher. Yeah, you know, that's what funny. I think. Of. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. of a flasher. I think of someone that's like selling like something stolen. They open yeah. it up yeah, and they've yeah. got a, a whole, hey, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, not something I would want to see in the middle of the night. Ooh. Yeah, it was just uncomfortable. And what's so bizarre is like forget even the fact that there was a bruise on my foot. It is so um, it is so ingrained in my brain that I can literally still see it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Could you see through him? I always wonder that no. question. No. And that's why what, at first what I thought it was is I didn't think it was a ghost. I thought it was someone robbing because we had been robbed before or attempted robbery. Oh, or so we wow. thought. But then they said that there was no one that could have physically gotten in so who knows because like, what was that you heard someone know, in the middle of the night ghost. yeah garage door used to go up and down all the time right. we used to hear people running on the balcony like and it was a huge wraparound balcony on both floors so it was it would just be so creepy but you know if you really think about it people aren't in los angeles won't understand this but there's something about laurel Canyon and Mulholland where a lot of dark things happen yeah and a lot of bad things happen and you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just the energy of the place and all the dust that have taken well, place. Well, I, I can only imagine and... who else has lived there over the years. Yeah. You know, yeah. what else has happened? I know that there's been like several movie stars in history that lived over there that um, were murdered mm-hmm. or, you know, who knows what kind of stuff. And it wasn't even an old house. It was a new modern house, but it was the property that we were on. Got you it. Know? So that's what was even kind of more disturbing is you wouldn't think like if you move into an old house, you have to think that something happened here. Yeah. Like it's inevitable. So when this didn't, it's like, ooh. Uh, (laughs) Were you ever on Celebrity Ghost Stories? I feel like you should have been. No, but is, is, oh God, what's the other show? I did a sci-fi show called Caprica. And at the time they had Ghost Hunters. Is that what was on sci-fi at the time? It was like one of those uh, or scare tactics or something. I don't know. I always wanted to go on one of those. Yeah. And as soon as um, we were going to do that, that show was canceled. Uh, So I lost my in. Oh. 
Tell me another one. Okay. um, Oh, my gosh. There's so many fun little ones. There was a time when I, uh, in my aunt's house, there was a woman on a rocking chair that I saw when I was about three years old. And I remember this. And I used to say, oh, God, her dog is so annoying. It's so annoying. And I used to be so upset at this dog. And they said, there's no dog. I said, there's a poodle. And I had seen this poodle all the time running around. And the woman who lived there before died and and had a poodle. (laughs) And I didn't even know this. Oh, wow. So this happened young. I was a kid that always saw something. Every Uh psychic I've ever been to was like, the older that you get, the more you tap into your psychic abilities. Really? You should always listen to your instincts because your instincts are correct about everything and that's not an ego boost but that's just kind of I mean you know I feel the same way I feel like my intuition just keeps getting stronger and stronger yeah I have witchy energy yeah there's nothing wrong what attracted us to each other what attracted us to each other so how does that manifest for you on like a daily basis do you feel that your psychic abilities like have you had ghostly kind of experiences or spiritual experiences like that you know recently I list I always talk to my spirits Okay. And I always say, welcome, sweet spirits. Whenever I go into a new place, if I need the energy, like wrap me around the white light. I'm like, give me all the juju that I possibly can have. Yeah. But I have like the killer story for you. Oh, okay. Are you ready for the killer story? I'm ready for the this killer story. This is going to be like a 20 minute story. Oh, so please like, give it to us. Okay. We're on the edge of our seat. So I went through a very terrible breakup with a sociopath. I'm sorry to And hear. I was living in this wonderful building, which we can talk about a side note. It was the Broadway Lofts on Hollywood and Vine. Yeah, sure. And it's super famous because, um, well, there's a lot of reasons why that place is famous. But it's really famous because, oh, my God, why am I blanking on his name? Oh, yeah. Howard Hughes lived there. And his office was in the penthouse. And he lived um, on, like, the seventh floor in a studio. And the rumor has it is he had a mistress. And the mistress said, I'm going to jump out of the elevator shaft if you don't tell your wife and marry me. Something like that. Anyways, he said, you can go. I don't care. <laughs> and she killed herself in the elevator shaft. No. Mm-hmm. So it's always been very spooky energy and like really famous people lived there. And so it was like really fun, kind of this old building. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, Hollywood invite like one time my like 90 year old grandfather came to Hollywood to visit and he was like, we got to go to Hollywood and Vine. Because I forget that like back in the day, that was like the center of the universe. Right. You know, or you watch old Lucy episodes and stuff when they come to Hollywood. It's like Hollywood and Vine. Like, wow. Like that was famous corner. Yeah. It was the famous corner. And with that building it also has a secret tunnel that howard hughes built from here to the pantage sorry from the broadway loss where he lived and worked and it went to the pantages it went to musso and frank's grill and it went to this um speakeasy which is now i think 86 club 86 or 86 oh, yeah. or something i don't know which is crazy because all that stuff is still there you know still there the pantages and yeah. musso and frank's yeah and, well, and i also know that the bus stop right there they say uh, over the years has been haunted by bella lugosi who used to like wait or no sorry uh, Boris Karloff who would wait you're kidding yeah he would wait at the bus stop and people have seen him 
You are kidding me. He's my I'm, favorite of all time. I'm like pretty sure I've heard that story. <gasps> I'll fact check later. Okay, fact check that because that is literally my dream. Every picture in my house is the behind the scenes of, of Boris as Frankenstein. Wait, like I have the one. holding a cigarette, like holding. I have the one framed in my bedroom where it's him holding a, cu- a teacup yes, and a cigarette. Smoking. Yeah. Yes, I have that in my house too. <laughs> Shut up. Amazing. I got it at a flea market. It's the most amazing thing that I've ever, I, I've ever owned. So oh, everything in my that. house is Frankenstein because I was obsessed with Boris. But Howard Hughes was so paranoid that people were trying to kill him. So he built these tunnels so he could get to places and he could get his stick. Must be nice. You can just build tunnels. Can you imagine? And right before I moved in there, which was about eight years ago or something, because I was there for five years. No, maybe it was like maybe 10 years ago. Long time ago. Anyways, they closed the tunnels because tunnel people were living in there. Tunnel people? Tunnel people. Well, okay, for people that don't, no, <laughs> L.A., you've never visited. Usually when you do visit, the first place you go is like Hollywood Boulevard, and it's so glamorous on TV, but then you get there. And Real gross. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of energy going on there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, it's, it's very interesting because it's a mixture of excitement and mm-hmm. people on vacation and people uh, not, you know, kind of on, uh, on the, the downturn, you know, maybe not doing the best that they've ever done right. in life. Right. And, right. Yeah, it's it's a very weird. I can I can imagine that energetically being there. Y- there's something in the air, you know. But there was something so sexy about living there too. Really, because it was before they put in all the new hotels. So the Broadway was the only kind of new thing. So oh, everything was still like grungy and grimy, and it kind of felt a little New York. But yeah. it felt you felt that old Hollywood energy. Cool. Like my apartment looked to the Capitol Records building and the Hollywood sign, mm-hmm. and like I had the fire escape balcony. But now it feels so commercialized. It's not. Yeah, they are kind of time squaring it. it. They're so time squaring it. Yeah, honestly, it's like. It's not getting anywhere. Like, drop it. You yeah. know. <laughs> we don't need another Elmo walking around. <laughs> we don't need another Aldo. You know. What I mean? Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. Um, but okay. that's not the main story. So okay. sorry. So I'm like, there's so many stories. We don't even know where to start. We're just over here okay. being old Hollywood people talking <laughs> about, the good, about the good old days. Um, so anyway, so I went through this terrible breakup, and I needed something new. And I absolutely loved my loft, and I really didn't want to give it up. But I was like, you know what? I've been here for five years. There's toxic energy. I had totally blamed, not blamed it on this, but I thought there's enough bad juju with men energy in this apartment. It's time to move on and get something fresh and new. And I've always been obsessed with this building called the La Fontaine. And it's this old yeah. building on on uh, Fountain and Crescent Heights. And it literally looks like the Harry Potter building. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. You, can you see it? It's yep. like only three stories. And it, do you, everyone knows what we're talking about. Okay, great. So it is one of three buildings in Los Angeles that's not allowed to be um, touched by uh, like a developer or anything. It's like because, a historical landmark. Yes, thank yeah. you. It's a historical landmark. I was like, why am I blinking? Um, and there's something crazy, like a 10-year waiting list just wow. to get in this. I have so, a couple of places like that in L.A. where I'm like, gosh, if I ever hear that there's an opening, like, I'm immediately in. go yeah. in it. So uh, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, I just need to get out of this apartment. And my mom's a realtor. And my mom had 
scene, like at 7 a.m., they put up that this apartment had gone for lease mm. in the La Fontaine. And she was like, it must be something that came up on the MLS by accident because, you know, there's like a 10-year waiting list. Um, my mom called and they go, no, no mistake. You know, we we put it up, you know, but it's one of the fancier ones. So we thought we would put it up on the MLS. So it's proper and it's not just like a Craigslist or sign up mm-hmm. sheet, whatever. I was like, oh, my God, it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so I go there and I walk in this apartment and it was two story. It had a Romeo and Juliet balcony inside. <sighs> it, it, I can't even tell you. It's the most incredible it was like a fairy tale. It was like a fairy tale. And it was the old banister that went up in the rod iron that that it was like Florida Lee and like just incredible. So I was like, this is my home. This it could it be any more meant to be that this moment happened? And I said, I'll immediately take it. And I uh, I go in there and the three it was only four units that are on one side of the building. So they're kind of like townhomes that are next to whatever. And the guy who lived uh, across from me, he told me that rumor has it, it was where Marilyn and JFK used to meet up to have their affair oh. because it wasn't an apartment building when it was first made. When it was first made, it was a long-term um, like hotel kind of thing uh-huh. where you could rent it for two weeks to a month. An extended um, stay. Extended stay, sure. if you will. Um, and so... Yeah, that's apparently where they would rendezvous. Oh. So when I moved in my apartment, the neighbor had been there for 40 years, this guy who lived across from me. And the woman who lived underneath me had been there for 20 years. And the guy across from her had been there for like seven years. And I was like, okay, well, I guess this is where I'm I'm going to be. Like, yeah. this is my home. Um and the guy across from me said, oh, you know who used to live in your apartment, who you took it over from, was Dane Cook. And I said, oh, my God, that's so funny. He's like, yeah, he was here for 12 years. And I think maybe someone lived in between that time when he was there and, and okay. me. But but he had been there for 12 years. And I was like, that's so funny, you know. So then I come to find out that it the first person or not the first person that lived there that couldn't have been possible if it was JFK time but um it was John Belushi and John Belushi mm. lived there when he went across the street to Chateau Marmont walked over and that's where he overdosed and died and he was wow. living in the apartment at the time that all this like kind of darkness happened. Oh wow! Yeah, um, so that was the first thing I found. And out. this specific unit my of unit, the building, my unit. My my apartment. All wow. of these people live there. And um, after he passed away, which here's the craziest thing. For me, I always thought I'd either be a politician or a comedian. So when I heard John Belushi was there and like JFK was having like his fuck fest with Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> I was like, this is meant to be. Like, how could this be any more perfect? And I'm all about the juju and the ghosts. And you could feel like energy as soon as you walked in this place. So after that, Bette Midler took it over from him. And wow. Bette Midler, I, I'm telling you, I came in real hot with the story for you. You brought us some yeah. Hollywood <laughs> Some ghosts. Hollywood ghosts. Um, and Bette Midler took it over, and it's war- uh, where she wrote, oh, my God, R- what's the Rose song? The Rose. The Rose. I guess that's where she wrote The Rose, and it was more of her office slash apartment because she was living in New York at the time. But she painted all of the walls, which were two stories tall, bumblebee yellow, like Whoa. electric yellow, and then had bumblebees hand-painted on the entire walls. <laughs> what? 
Like, what do you mean? I was like, a gay icon? Like, this is even more meant to be for me. Like, why I did mean, they keep this? Wait, do you think that the she painted the bees and then she was like, I feel like with all these bees around, I'm like a rose. I'm like, I'm like a, rose. a flower in a garden. They're pollinating in me. <laughs> like, you know what? God knows. Who knows? Um, and then there was someone else who... Not relevant. No, they're not famous. And then it was Dane Cook. And at the time, I was single, and I was like, well, Dane's hot. He's a comedian. Like, maybe I'll, like, hit that for a second. <laughs> Who knows where my mind was at at this point? It was very lonely. Yeah. Um, I'm in a great relationship now, so let me clarify that. Everything turned out, you know, just fine. Great. But at the moment, it was, like, I was a little confused. Um, and... I had got lived there for maybe a week. I had gone to get sushi. I came back with my best friend Jenna, and I had a knock on the door. It was maybe like a Tuesday at 10 o'clock at night. Wait, how long had you lived here? A week. Okay. Maybe 10 days. Um, and who was at my door but Dane Cook. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay. I am a witch. I just made that happen. <laughs> but I had no makeup on. I had sweats. I was like, this is really an inopportune time that you showed up. Like, maybe you should take a five and come back. But I was like, oh, my God, nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Alessandra. He's like, oh, you know, my best friend is Richard, who lives across from me. And he said that, you know, this this girl came and moved in, and I wanted to see what you did with the apartment. He's like, okay, cool. I'm like, okay. whatever, you know. But I kind of was like, wasn't mad at it. And it wasn't inappropriate what he did because I had mentioned to Richard that, oh, I was like an actress and I was in comedy. And so I think that they like were hanging out. And it was a very like community based. Yeah, unit. yeah, it seems like you it. know everyone like kind of knew everyone's business, so it wasn't that weird. It was like Melrose Place. Well, especially Placey. yeah, when someone new moves in, I'm sure everyone's like chirping about like, like, who it is. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's the neighborhood watch was like. Yeah, definitely. They were having their moment. Um, so he's like, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, come in. And at this point, I already knew that there was something that was living in the dining room and there was someone that was living in my office. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was the same person, but I didn't understand why. And these were on the first floor, I just want to say. On the second floor was my bedroom. And it had a fire escape balcony. So on the first floor was the office to the left, then in front was the living room, and towards the back was the dining room. I don't know why I always felt like someone lived there. In 10 days, I figured this out. It just felt like a juju energy. Does that spook you? No, it didn't spook me because it wasn't a bad energy. It just felt like, oh, okay, someone's here. Like Uh someone's here. Um, And Dane came in and... He's like, so what do you think of the place? I was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Like, I can't believe there's all this history and, like, I feel it. He's like, how do you feel it? And I said, well, I, I just, I know that there's someone that lives in the dining room. And he goes, you know about the person in the dining room? Oh, and my I God. I was like, eh, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He's like, there is something in the dining room that's there. And he said that when he lived there, it would he would always see um, like green, almost like a, a laser type light that was always shining in the dining room area. Wow. Like just this green energy. And the office slash closet, which I had built, was his original office. And he told me that when he was in there, he was still a struggling comedian. 
and no one really knew who he was, and that he said, I am going to sell out Madison Square Garden. And he said it right at the desk where my desk was. And he's like, it was the most far-fetched thing that could have possibly happened. Mm -hmm. And he said that he went upstairs and went to bed, and he had just been interviewed, I believe it was not Hollywood Reporter. I think it was the variety. It was a variety. And he was written up as like 10 hot comedians to watch. We're on the top floor, okay? He fell asleep and he woke up to a loud like that. And he looked outside the fire escape balcony and it was the magazine of Variety that had just come out that day or that morning. And it was opened to his picture of top 10 uh, comedians to look out to. Okay, he was like, it was just fucking weird. Like, there's nothing above us. There's no way that it could have gotten there. It was just this weird thing. Wait, wait, wait. It just appeared. Just appeared. It just like fell like that from the sky. From the sky, open to his thing. Okay. Okay. So, but he's like, it doesn't feel like a bad energy. Like, it doesn't feel like a bad energy at all. So, you know, he's, like, telling me all these stuff, funny stories. He's like, oh, my God, come check out my comedy set. And I was like, cool. Like, we hung out. Like, nothing happened. Like, you know, spoiler alert. Like, no one was kissing. Like, nothing happened. I think he would, thought I was, like, 13, actually. And at the oh, time, okay. I was 28. But he was like, oh, shit, this little girl. She's so cute. Um, so that didn't go well for me. But um, maybe for the best in the long term. <laughs> but, okay, so that was in my head about Dane. That he confirmed all the feelings that I had about this place. I don't already. understand how this magazine just appeared out of nowhere. No, he doesn't either. He doesn't either. That's but he confirmed crazy. that there's someone that lived in the office that that helped him get Madison Square Garden and that energy and that 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 vibe. He confirmed to me that someone's also in the dining room and that he would see green like laser lights there. And then he confirmed that there's some like universe that's like like dropping good energy. <laughs> Literally so, dropping literally things dropping from the sky, in the sky. In the sky. So, but the, wait, yes, did, yes, did he answer. have any insight on like who specifically he no thinks idea. it is? Okay, but it didn't feel like it was John Belushi. You it, just to clarify, like that didn't feel like what it was. Uh-huh. It felt like someone who was around even before that. Yeah, because I've heard actually reports of John Belushi at the Chateau Marmont. Yeah, I've heard um, that. Yeah. His ghost. Yeah, and Chris Farley, who was yeah. the love of my life that got away way too soon. <laughs> my number one crush. <laughs> Very strange child. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yes, so um, he confirmed everything that I thought and more. So cut to maybe two weeks later, I got three job offers right in a row. And I hadn't been working for a while. Like, there was kind of this slow streak. Um, I had been told that I wasn't funny, even though I was a comedian, and I, but I'd only been doing dramas. And at that point, um, I had met with Chuck Lorre, and Chuck Lorre is like, I'm writing you on Two and a Half Men. Like, I'm doing all these things. All the confirmation of comedy came through. And I was like, I know this is insane, but there's something about this apartment that all these comedians have lived here, and all of their success happened when they were here like this is yeah it just gave me chills like it still gives me chills thinking about it and if somebody is like listening to the show and maybe you're like you know under 25 or something dane cook was the biggest comedian mm-hmm. in the world like if to think about the trajectory of him like being a struggling comedian too i mean madison square garden movies yeah. um you know hosting snl he did 
everything. So to think that that happened in that building, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I could be wrong, you could fact check this, but I believe that he was the first comedian to ever sell out Madison Square Garden. It could be. And so he was that huge. was a huge When I was feat. like a preteen-ish, he was the guy. Oh my God, he was the guy. Yeah. He was the guy. Because he got big on MySpace and... Um, that whole time period, right, like right. back when that people would like world. burn CDs right, and stuff, right, like he right. was in that world, right? But it was it it was like quite a successful moment to feel. Oh my gosh, all these comedian like m- things are coming to comedy things are coming to me when no one saw that to me. So it was like almost like trickery of the brain of like all these positive things were happening. Wow. So then after all these jobs were done and I did them all, um, I was so excited to live there. <laughs> The first thing that happened, which was not a ghost, but it was just a thing. Um, I was out late one night. I came home. uh, I got out of the Uber. My friend Toby was still in the Uber. I walked up to the apartment. It was like there's a giant fountain and a giant walkway before you get to any of the units. It's like a courtyard. It's really fabulous. And there was a homeless man that was laying out front. And I didn't think that there was that he was there was no like fear that I had towards him. I just was a girl. It was like three in the morning. I just didn't feel safe. So I called my friend Toby. I go, can you get out of the car and like just walk me to my 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 door? I just felt a little weird. Um. And as we were walking towards the door, the guy stood up and he was like a big fucking dude, like huge. And he started chasing us. And he was like, leave. The vampires are here. Leave. The vampires are here. And I was like, what kind of drugs are you on? And like, can I get a little hit of that? Because you are living your best life right now. Um, I'm kidding. I don't do drugs, people. Um, But... It was this weird, like, sick energy, and I had called the cops, and the cops never showed up. Mm. And I was like, it just felt, like, so gross because we were being chased and whatever. I went to bed. Not a big deal. I was like, it's fine. A couple days later, I would say, lights started flickering all throughout the house. Um, Just this, like, really dark, 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 dark energy came in. Wow. Out of nowhere. It, it, it was like, a, it was bizarre. Vampire Just, energy? Not vampire energy, <laughs> even though he thought I was a vampire. Okay. But then it made me question, like, maybe someone that lived in the building is a vampire and I didn't know about. But, oh. yeah. And then um, just bad things started happening personally in my life. Oh, like, wow. just weird, weird things. Um, just weird. I don't even have an example. Just weird things were happening. I felt overwhelming um, emotional kind of depression, which I've always dealt with because I'm bipolar, but I know my body and I know my mind well enough because I'm bipolar that this was not something that was me. It was like something was like possessing my body of, of a darkness. Wow. Um, like the faucets would go off out of nowhere and just start running. Um, the dogs would – I have two dogs. I have a French bulldog and a Brussels griffon, and they would bark at things all day long in the living room. And I mean, sorry, in the um, the dining room and in the office. They would just bark nonstop, um, and they're not barking dogs. I, I don't hear them bark. Um, so I started getting really, like, gross. So I went to a psychic that I had been to many times before who had told me stories about my grandmother who were – 
which was so spot on. No one could have known that yeah. unless my it was my grandmother. That's what you need a psychic to do. Yeah, and it was like an inside joke between my grandma and I, and it was just like, ugh. Anyway, so I had gone to the psychic, and I said, you know, there just feels like there's a dark energy around me. Like, I don't know. And the first thing she said to me is, why did you move? And I said, well, I... I I moved uh, because I wanted to. I wanted a new place. And she's like, no, no, no. It's so bad where you are. You're being taken over. All your energy is being sucked out like a vampire is. And I was like, what? What do you mean like a vampire is? And she says, yes, there is something there that is pulling you, but there's someone that's trying to get out. And I was like, oh, my God, what do you mean? I said, well, what do we do? And she's like, well, I can come to the she, Oh, no. She said, I will come to the house and I will see if there's something really there before we do anything about it. So here's the test that they do if something's in your house. So it's called this like phone call test. Have you ever heard this? No. Okay. So you're supposed to put a phone, a cell phone, in wherever room you think is haunted. And you... You call, like, uh, how can I explain this? I'm, like, doing it with my hands. I don't mean to. We're going to use the example of what really happened. We went into the office, and we used my cell phone, and we called my mom's cell phone. I left it there, not on speakerphone. I left it just just on, calling my mom. My mom answered the phone with all of us in the room, and we went outside the apartment. And we would ask questions. And that's what you do. That's how you communicate with static electricity, like with the electricity they come through the phone. Wait, so you guys would be outside asking questions? We were outside questions. the apartment on the phone asking questions. To your mother or to, to the ghost? To the office phone. That was the phone that was in the office to the ghost. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you'll always hear like a zzz, like constant. But then we ask questions. And so the first question was, is there somebody that's living in the closet? And it was like, like crazy static noise. And then we did this for about 30 minutes. And then it would be mm, like silence, like just like kind of like basic noise, white noise. noise. Um, We asked, you know, uh, are you good? And then it was like the crazy ruffling of noise. And... um, then what, what there were all sorts of questions we asked. Basically, at the end of the story, we asked, do you want to get out? And it was, we heard, yes. You heard the word yes? We heard yes. <gasps> we asked a second time, are you sure that you want to be released from this apartment? Yes. The third one, do you, and the psychic is here, my mother, myself, someone else was with us and I don't remember. No one was in the apartment. We weren't even in the apartment. We were outside the apartment. And we said, "Do you? are you sure you want to get out? Are you trapped? And they go, yes, like that, very loud. Now, could you, you, I got chills could you like put a face to this voice? Like, No, if it you, was a man, but I didn't like a know. Man. A okay. young man. It seemed okay. like a young man. Um, but I had no idea. And we said, okay. And we went back in, and she's like, well, you need to release him, but I don't think he will let you go. Like, she didn't feel like he wanted me to leave, even let him go, like, on his own. He didn't want me there either. It was, like, almost like a protecting energy. Like, there was something bad that he wanted me out. Um, 
And I was like, well, I'm not leaving. So we tried to do all this juju and we tried to do, you know. Uh, You're like, I just spent hours painting over Bette Midler's bees on the wall. I'm not out of here. I was paying so much for that apartment. I'm like, I am not losing that deposit, you know. And I, we did the, you know, of saging and the energy clapping and the bells and the rings and blah, blah, blah. And I would do it all the time. I would talk to him on the phone to see if this energy was still there. Like, and sometimes I did it by myself, which seems like really fucked up. But like, I'm not scared of the afterlife or whatever there is. Like, I just kind of feel like sort of a safety if they're nice, you know. And I, I, anyways, whatever. That's yeah. <laughs> we're going real, real far in this, but um, that's okay. Yeah, but I kept constantly doing it. So. The landlord was an asshole and just never really took care of the place. There were um, homeless people that were living on the fire escape balcony that walked right into that. The door opened right into my bedroom. And we would call the cops and we would say to them, like, you have to have some sort of blocked off. Like they were just assholes. They were slum landlords. Um, And then all of a sudden cockroaches infested my apartment. No idea why. They would chase my dog. We had exterminators come, I think, three times. And each time they came, they go, there are thousands that are living in these walls. And this entire place needs to be tented for three days. (gasps) There are cockroaches that have been here since this place has been built. And the landlords were like, you're crazy. Like, you're making it up for, for money. And none of us wanted any money. We were just like, clean this out. And of course, it was only my unit of the four that were in this blockade of the apartment where the cockroaches were coming out and being shown. Wow. But the guy confirmed to me there were thousands in the wall. And he goes, I don't understand why they're not coming out in other places. And when I let you know, like, my place is impeccable. Like, it is clean. I have a housekeeper once a week. Like, it is impeccable. My mother is a Virgo, like, neurotic, clean freak. So that's her way of expressing herself is cleaning. So there should be no reason for roaches. Exactly. Um, And it it constantly happened every single day. And finally, I was like, I need out of this place. And I had been there for five months. I didn't even complete it. And they said, you can't leave. I said, sue me. I don't I don't I don't care. I will sue you because I cannot live in this this way. And you guys are cheap. You're not paying three hundred dollars to put people up in an apartment. I mean, in a hotel for one night, I'll even pay for my hotel. I don't care. Just so they wouldn't do it. And it was a whole thing. And I thought, "I, I don't care. I need to get out of here. Like I was feeling very, very like sick, dark energy around me. Um. And we packed up the apartment and I said, that guy needs to go. Like, he's not going to be trapped here. And then I kind of had this like epiphany, like when I was sitting, packing up my stuff. And I had this like instant gut reaction that I was brought to this apartment and I was totally in this fantasy world and brought in by this like spirit of how beautiful and oh my God, I have to live here. And then all this bad happened because he wanted to go. Like, I feel like I was the only one that could have let this man go. Oh. So that's why I was brought to this apartment. Sure. Um, Which sounds absurd, but it's just kind of this gut instinct that came to me right away. And I was just, like, overwhelmed by this emotion. So I did the phone thing one last time. And um, he said he wanted to go. And so I, my mom packed up the stuff and she took out the last bag and she was waiting. Uh, she went down to the car in the basement to go drop off one of the bags. And um, she said, we'll leave the door open. Just leave the door open for him. 
Like, why not? So I left the door open and I went back upstairs to get something. And as I came out, there was a man <laughs> at the door. I, I like cry every time I say the story because it's it was like so sweet. Uh, your face. Everyone needs to see your face right now. Wait. He was at the door um, and he was in a three piece suit in a three piece tux. And it looked like a tux from, I don't know, like 1940s, maybe. And he had a case with his uh, violin in it. And uh, and tails. Sorry, the the tux had tails to it as well. And he had jet black hair. He was so beautiful and so stunning. So he was gorgeous. so hot. <laughs> he was so hot. And he was probably about twenty three. And I was at the door, and I kind of like stopped. I was so stunned. And my mom came from around behind him, and he looked back at my mom, and he looked at us both, and he said, "Thank you." And my mom was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Because my, my mom, right, had come from the garage. So she had no idea that this, she, she had no idea who this was. Uh-huh. She just thought it was a guy going into the apartment. And I, like, stood there and I started tearing up and I was so overwhelmed. And then he turned around one last time and he said, no, thank you. And, like, walked off. And my, I go, mom, that's the ghost. And my mom, like, ran down to find him and he was gone. <laughs> What? <laughs> this is iconic. Isn't that nuts? This story is yeah. one and of the walked. craziest I've heard. Isn't that crazy? And it was the most rewarding feeling. Like, I got so overwhelmed because I was like, oh, my God, holy shit. I was fucking brought here to release this guy who has been stuck here since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, like, only I would be so bananas to bring a fucking psychic in to do a phone call, like, shenanigans to get this guy out Wait, of here. Wait, but why do we think that... Do you think he just got to the point where he was like, I need to get out of here? But I think all that those years he was there. fine? I think someone trapped him there. So like all those other times people lived there. Oh, I don't think that they were fine. I think darkness happened to every single person. Oh, okay. I think bad things happened to every single person. And then when you think about it, you're like, John Belushi died when he was living there. Yeah. Okay, Dane Cook's like kind of like went down <laughs> after that like Bette Midler's well, still doing great but JFK like and Marilyn. But you have no idea like there it was just this darkness that was I had never felt such pain and like hurt before in my life uh-huh. and then when he left I got so overwhelmed and like so happy and I was like it's all gonna be okay wow yeah was there a part of you that was like now that he's gone like should I move back in? <laughs> well, this is the craziest. It couldn't lease for about six months. Why? Because of the cockroaches? or No. No one wanted it. Oh. Which is bizarre. This is a place that had ten you know, the 10-year waiting list. Interesting. And it was almost like it was cursed. Wow. Yeah. See, for me, I also would have been like, Okay. No one told me you were hot as fuck. No one told me you were hot as fuck. <laughs> Can like, you please did... stay back? I'm going to stay. Yes, I'll put the bed back up. <laughs> we don't even need the bed right now. Like, No, but honestly, and as soon as I got out of there, I moved into this like so random apartment that was a brand new one that was on Santa Monica. And it was like one of the ones that you could like literally move in that day. It was mm-hmm. brand new. And it was super new and I was like I don't care I just need to be here I don't even like where this is I don't feel like it's a home I don't care that it feels like a hotel I just needed to get out of there yeah 
Wow. This is a good story. Yeah. You want to listen to some ghost stories? Yes, please. Or do you have more stories? No, I mean, I'm sure there's more that I can think about, but right now I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Because I have to think, I would have to think. Sure. But this shit happens all the time. First of all, thank you so much for bringing this story because it's amazing. Right? Um, Okay, it is time for EVPs or EV Please. Okay. So you've heard the show. Mm-hmm. You know how this works. Mm-hmm. I go to YouTube. I find ghost <laughs> voices that that paranormal investigators have caught. They take it into their own hands as to tell us all what they believe this ghost is saying. I want you to guess as okay. if you're the ghost hunter themselves. Okay. This first one, it comes from someone named Andy's Arcade. And it was recorded at the SS Great Britain in Bristol. Oh. And I know. And uh, tell me what you think this ghost is saying. <laughs> Do it again. So there's a little bit of, yeah. you know, oh. it, it's not until the end, but, you know, it builds the suspense. It sounds like it's cock, but I know it's not cock. It does sound like it's cock. I'm not like gonna maybe lie. like croak. Listen, sometimes these ghosts apparently have dirty, foul mouths. You know mouths. what? I would. I yeah. would have so much fun with it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So is that your guess, cock? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> okay, here's some options. Is it A, cough it up? Oh. B, cock it. You know, like maybe there's a crack. Yeah, like, they want to put some caulk in it. Yeah. Oh, 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 like caulk it. Okay, yeah. not or, like or caulk like the caulk gun. a gun. Or you right. could do that. Yeah, it could be very close. C, mm. uh, <laughs> coffee. Or D, was it just the ghost hunter farting and trying to blame it on a ghost? Well, I mean, that is what I know a lot of people would have done. <laughs> Let's listen again. Let's listen again. I mean... It's definitely one of those options. I think it's coffee. It is coffee. You're kidding me. Let's try it again. But see, I don't think it... I think that they're saying it's coffee, but I don't think it is coffee. But Yeah, I think that they definitely... It's coffee. It sounds like... I mean, if there was nobody there with that voice, hopefully there wasn't, um, that all of a sudden it appeared... Uh, you heard that voice. It said something, but... What would be something that would be said on a ship? Coffee. 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 You know, know what I mean? Like, not like overboard, but some sort of... Not like starborn, burn. You know, there's like different sayings on a ship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, poop deck. Yeah, like I don't know. Deck. I don't know much about hmm. ships. <laughs> I didn't know the poop. I knew it was a poop deck. Endless buffet. And yeah, is that, maybe it was. I don't know much about the SS Great Britain. I've never been on a cruise, but I would assume. Okay, let's try another okay. one. This one comes from Flickman zero zero. Um, and first, okay, so it, this was recorded at the Penny Packer Mills Library. Obsessed in Pennsylvania, which. That's just a fun thing Penny to say. Packer. The Pennypacker Mills <gasps> Library. And you'll hear the um, the person saying, is there anything you'd like us to know? And then we get a response. Is there anything you'd like us to know? What? 
That's a lot. They're it's a lot. a lot. It's a full monologue. I need, like, it's yes a... or no answers. Is there anything you'd like us to know? Like something at the end, like, you can call or something? Yeah, it's the it's at the end where they believe they hear something. Okay, so let's try just the end. You talk on the Let's call. try it again. No talking? No talking. Okay, good guess. Um, so here's some options. So the person says, is there anything you'd like us to know? And uh, is it A, girl, no, I'm a ghost and I'm busy. Leave me alone. <laughs> is it B, no talking in the library? <gasps> is it C, Penny Packer Mills is my new drag name? Penny Packer hyphen Mills. Is it Penny Packer? Penny Packer Mills. Penny Packer. It's So it's Penny Packer hyphen Mills. The like, Mills is her new yeah, husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Or D. I think it's no talking in the library. That's what it is. I can't believe you guessed that. Well, because I said no talking to begin with, so that's why I just yeah, like, that's went pretty with good. That. Usually, we don't get a, a, an answer right away. So let's try just the whole f- the full thing Is there again. Anything you'd like us to know? Yeah, no. Talking. Yeah, but what I said at the beginning, that's what I really want to know. I know. It's almost like it's an aside to someone else, and then no saying. It sounds like there's almost like someone having a conversation or something. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that was fun. That was it. Wow. What a, a dream guest. <laughs> Thank you. so much fun. I'm so excited for your show. Thank you. Um, You're going to come on it. Please. I would love yeah. to. Um, and tell everyone else, you know, where they could find you and all that stuff. Well, you can find me at Alessandro Torresani. You can find me at Emotional Support Pod. Um, and you can probably find me on the streets of Hollywood. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> well, there she is, Alessandra Torresani. What a fun name. I did do some fact checking and I was wrong. It was not Bella Lugosi. It was not... Um, Boris Karloff, it was Lon Chaney who uh, apparently people used to see his ghost at the bus stop at Hollywood and Vine. And then as soon as they moved the bus stop, they stopped seeing Lon Chaney. Isn't that crazy? Uh, so sorry, I did some fact checking. But as I've said a million times, if you're taking facts from somebody named Roz Dresvelez as their professional name, that is a you problem. Guys, thank you so much for listening on this beautiful Halloween holiday. It's so great because around here it's Halloween every week. So I hope you're still going to be listening after Halloween. And I love it when you tell your friends about the show. I love it when you post about the show and you tag me. I love to repost those. So please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And follow me on Instagram at Roz Dresfiles. We have our Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresfiles, and a Facebook page. I'm on Cameo at Roz Dresfiles. I'm everywhere. If you have a ghost story, you can send it to me on the Facebook group or in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Or you could even send it to me in an email, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. If you would like to see me live... I am going to be, uh, next Saturday, the 9th, I will be at the world-famous Hollywood Improv 
doing a stand-up show with some of the best comedians in town. The show is called Roz's Humor Hole. It is at 9 p.m. You can get your tickets at hollywood.improv.com. And I'm going to be back hosting Ross Matthews' Dragtastic Bubbly Brunch. It's such a hard one. I always mess up the name. It is in Oxnard, California at Levity Live Comedy Club on the 24th of November at noon. Get your tickets on Levity Live Oxnard's website because it always sells out and I can't wait to see you there. I have a wonderful episode next week that is all You guys, my booze, my listeners have called in and we've got four ghost stories coming at you. And I I just love these episodes and I'm hoping we can do them every month. So we are also already recorded one for next month as well. So this is going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. So I hope you guys go trick-or-treating. I hope you get spooked. I hope you eat lots of candy and enjoy your Halloween. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Avenue, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.